It's a mean age. But it is going to be a beautiful future as long as we don't f*** it up. I'm Brian McWilliams, and this is Mean Age Daydream, where I bring you unfiltered comedy, criticism, philosophy, and politics with a Mean Age Daydream. What is happening, and what is happening, some could say, some should say, and would say, here on Mean Age Daydream. I am Brian McWilliams, and today I am joined by uh, two people I've quite fond of over the years here. I've been on their show a few different times in various formats. Now, of course, they're known as the Hapitarian Show. I think it was called something different in an earlier iteration, though. But anyway, it is Shane and Nico from the Hapitarians. Welcome to Mean Age Daydream, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. And yeah, it used to be called What's Happening, and then we changed yeah. it to the Hapitarian Show. You know, you got to keep changing the name, whatever. Don't I know it? We yeah, were just talking about that exactly. before the show started. Yeah, you know, Electric Liberty Land through to uh, Mean Age Daydream now. And uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's somewhere you know I've been to have you guys for, on for a while, and uh, I'm glad I, just, I I've just given up trying to remember on my own. So I just tell people like just remind me. So it's good you reminded yeah. me, and the yeah. timing was good because we have a lot of different things to talk about, including um, parenting. You know, you guys obviously. How old is your kid? You guys have a kid together, which is great. How old is your kid now? He is one and a half now. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So he's just rounded into form. You can tell if you like him or not. You know, <laughs> yeah. Go out and start again. <laughs> well, how are you guys doing it? I mean, are you, uh, do you have him in daycare? Like, you know, my wife and I, our kids both in preschool, you know, we have a, we have a state run school. We are going to send them to, I will have to deprogram them, but uh, it's a little bit too cost prohibitive for us to do anything else. So, you know, tell me a little bit about what you guys, you know, what you have going on, what you're doing with the kid and, and how you like being parents. Well, so I stay home, so we're not planning on doing daycare as long as we can prevent that. Yeah. Just because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm pretty, I don't know, pretty anti-daycare, um, just because I feel like I need to be seeing what's going on, unless maybe it's like a homeschool co-op. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's, like a pod situation uh, set yeah. up there. Where you, yeah. That's kind of our plan. Like, we were thinking that if we're going to go the homeschool route, it, he should be around other kids too. So maybe like a homeschool co-op would be something yeah. that we could do. Yeah. yeah. You could avoid that awkward, like the South park episode where, uh, you know, the, the one girl shows up and just starts, you know, making out with everybody because she's been isolated. Doesn't know how to act. Yeah. You want to avoid that if you can. Yeah. <laughs> and this would be a boy though. So, you know, he would be arrested immediately for uh, some sort yeah. of sexual misconduct. <laughs> Gotta double down. That's, yeah. I mean, that is the idea. I mean, you know, it's funny, my, you know, I have two different buddies who their wives make more money vastly than they would, you know, it's like, which is one of the reasons I don't really buy into the wage gap thing anymore. My wife currently makes more than I do. Thank God. And, uh, and but these guys both stay home. They're staying home. Dad's works well. Oh shit. My internet's getting funky. Okay. Hopefully that fixes itself. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah. Still yeah. coming through. Okay, great. A little, little glitchy, but we can still hear you. Okay, good. We'll, we'll power through then. Um, yeah, but you know they both stay at home, and it, you know my wife and I were talking about it, and that did come up. And I was like, you know what? 
I could do that. You know, we could do the homeschooling thing and just stay home if you made enough money. Unfortunately, she's not quite there yet. You know, in Los Angeles, it's still so exponentially expensive that uh, yeah. this is not an option. But yeah, I mean, it would be nice to, to do a little bit of that. And, you know, it kind of goes to one of the topics to talk about today. I remember, you know, I had sent you guys a story about the school district, which to achieve an equity and equality of outcome, right? They have been uh, basically not giving other students that are, let's say, more traditionally recognized with scholarly excellence their due. But before we get to that, because it involves Asian American students, I wanted to ask you guys to explain for the audience, if they don't know what HAPA stands for, can you explain it to them? Because if you're just listening, both Shane and Nico are I believe, both half Asian heritage, right? Because that's the HAPA. Yep. So yeah, explain yeah. that a little bit. And then, because I don't know if everybody out there knows about this. I don't know how many, you know, everybody's got their black friend, but nobody wants to admit to having an Asian <laughs> friend, let alone a half Asian friend. So, you know, tell the people what that is real quick. Well, I mean, I guess we're used to be a rare breed, but since uh, a lot of the uh, military people, mm. at least in my, in my case, my dad was military and, uh, went to Korea and then found a, a lovely Korean woman and then pop here I am. <laughs> uh, so basically Hapa is just half Asian and uh, half white. Mm-hmm. And, it's a Hawaiian word. Yeah. It's, it's usually a, a Hawaiian word and um, but it can also mean half Asian, half black. There's plenty of those. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, like 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 a, tiger, like a Tiger Woods, for example, he he would be considered a Hapa, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, and then the interesting thing is, so we're both half Asian, and so then our son is second generation half Asian, so he's still a Hapa technically. Yeah. Okay, it's like a Quapa or something like that. You know, you just keep di- dissecting it like half oh. and then quarters, and then. So if you're a Quapa, then that would be if like one of us married a white person yeah. and then had a kid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so like, gotcha. So like, so Tim pool, I, yeah, I believe Tim is, would be considered a quapa. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I, we should start. That's what we should start tweeting at him to get on the show. Let's have a sod. You quapa bastard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, all right. So getting into some of these topics here. So, you know, I, I do encourage everybody to check out the Hopitarians. Uh, really fun show. And I uh, love what you guys are doing. And, um, you know, as I said, one of the topics that I had sent your way and uh, and then you had suggested some back to me, which was very helpful because I was out of town. As you saw, my voice is a little scratchy because I, uh, I have a little bit of a cold given to me by a friend, not my child for once, uh, at a retreat in the woods where we were just, you know, in a cabin with for four days, just breathing in each other's sickness. But one of the stories I'd sent you guys was, as I said, the school district. And this is out in uh, in Fairfax County, which is in, I believe, Virginia. And if you don't know a lot of what's going on in schools, of course, there is a big push for equity. There's a big push for critical race theory, but this takes it a step farther. And what happened in this story is that this school district had hired a consultancy firm, paid them almost $500,000. I think it was something like $455,000 to come in give them recommendations, give them a program to try to achieve more equity. Now, inevitably, right? And this guy even says it. I mean, he says it out loud straight on. Inevitably, what ends up happening is that you're faced with a choice wherein to achieve, you know, equity, equality of outcome that these people are looking for, you have to limit what other people can achieve, 
right? Because not everybody, as you and I know, are born equal. Um, there's not, you know, genetics are a thing. Uh, nurturing uh, children a certain way, parenting, all these, all these different things come to the equation. And this man literally recommended that they quite, you know, factually hamper other people's achievements, not give them the awards. And that's what happened in this story. And this school district predominantly as, you know, Asian American students in it. So the national award for merit scholarly uh, award for, you know, scoring high, good grades, et cetera, was not given to Asian Americans because they were trying to limit the, I guess, disparate outcomes that can be possible. So tell me your take on this. And also I'm just curious to hear, you know, is this something that you guys think about now as parents? Do you shake your heads and go, you know, what the hell, what, you know, what the fuck does academia have against us? And is it something where you look to the future and you go, you know, this is something that's highly concerning? Well, I, I think it's funny that a, a majorly or a majority Asian American school, they're doing well, it seems like, and they're getting all, all yeah. these awards are being, or quote unquote, handed out. But then they're like, nah, I, I think we need to start handing it out to the uh, the non-Asian-Americans who maybe aren't doing as well. I mean, w- what do you expect? Asian-Americans apparently are, are doing so well. I mean, what, there was that one, uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was Harvard or something where there, there was mm-hmm. some Asian discrepancies or some something to do with the Asians. And I, I don't know. It was, it was just the whole thing. Yeah, they intentionally were not admitting Asians into the program because That's they had right, yeah. they 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 just been outscoring everybody, and they said, "Well, we just we we can't let these people in anymore. We have to let in people that are doing worse, but you know, to even out our numbers, our checkbox numbers." Right. Yeah. And so, like, white people are obviously the number one group that you can make fun of, especially straight white males. You can make fun of them, however many times, whatever you want to call them. That's whatever. Now it seems that the um, the Asian Americans are now the next group to where okay yeah Asians we, are white now yeah pretty yeah. much so now we're we're just full white people if you think about yeah. it yeah right <laughs> yeah so yeah no, I, I, guess, mean- I guess as parents then like like we're like she was saying earlier about how as much as we can possibly not have it happen like have our child go into the, the government schools and to have them be, I guess, like, like you were saying, like deprogrammed, you know, mm-hmm. when they come back, like, what did you learn today? Oh, oh let me tell you what, how they were wrong. What they told, <laughs> you know? So as much as we can possibly not have that happen, you know, like our plan is to homeschool them and to have a, maybe a co-op of some kind. Um, but again, that's just the plan. I mean, whether it's going to happen or not, like I really hope it does. I, I hope and pray it happens. But sometimes, like you know, like with the financial and all that, it, it can be it, sometimes can be tough. And so I understand why some parents can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I do I, I do think about that stuff a lot. I almost wonder if when you look at what's happening in in the school systems, if you, when you look at what's happening in education and how the people going through the standard processes are in fact, I mean, they're being screwed over. They're going through the system. They're they're achieving within the boundaries laid out for them by the state schools and yet being denied their place, you know, their their path for success, being knocked down, not getting these awards. I do wonder if actually, you know, if it's something where preaching to the Asian American community, be like, look, you're going, or just the Asian community in general, you're going to get screwed going your, your traditional route. Like they have it out for you try something different. Like, I wonder if avoiding the state processed way 
is actually a better way to get in front of the the schools that you want to get to to achieve without being hindered um and and trying to to convince people that you know you have to create a brand new path to succeed because as you said they are now trying to block you you know you are now an an unwelcome uh racial category in the equity lottery that we're playing well also in a way you're basically admitting that uh, the other groups of people, not not the Asians and whoever else that is is doing well in schools, you're basically saying, well, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm going to get a little racist here, but like the blacks <laughs> aren't doing very well in education wise, Hispanics aren't doing well, so you're basically telling everyone, well, we can't hand it to these people because they're doing so well, so we're going to wait for these groups to start doing well because then we can start handing it to them because we got everybody's yeah. got a you know, participation trophies or anything like that, you know? Yeah. So it's almost like they're, they're not like base. They're not openly saying what I just said, but they're pretty much telling you, yeah, I mean, we're, we want these other people to get the awards, but we're going to wait to see. Yeah. It's basically like, what do they call that? The bigotry of low expectations. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think that there is a lot to be said for that in across everything. I mean, if you look to what they're doing, and I, I mentioned this in another show, I can't remember what school district it was in. I think it was in New York State somewhere. But they had, after the George Floyd protests, basically said black students cannot be reprimanded for uh, being tardy, for missing homework assignments. They can retake tests. They couldn't fail them. Um, they couldn't be punished in you know there are various ways for like various actions they could have taken in school and they just said if you're black you get away with whatever it is because of the hard times that they've had and i'm looking at that and i'm like okay how is this supposed to help anybody if you've got a category that's supposedly you know having a difficult time anyway you're now removing all structure and we know structure is very important in, in development for children and in, in achieving life goals structure is very key Mm-hmm. To remove all structure, to remove all penalty for your actions, to move on, remove all uh, necessary discipline or incentive to do your work, how is this going to be a progressive measure that's actually going to help anybody? Well, I mean, like uh, an example that I can think of where to kind of show just how screwed up the American education system is, is um, season four of The Wire. That whole season is just t- showing oh, you, yeah. oh, well, uh, there's one scene where I th- where one of the um, main characters is like, well, we have all these like nice equipment, all these nice books, whatever. It's like, yeah, but we want to, ha- I wouldn't want to keep them with these other ones because they're used to it. And, you know, it's just right. eh, <laughs> like, like school is like s- school to them is like, I don't know, number nine on the most important things. Like, are you a good basketball player? Well, that's what you should focus on. Are you a good right. such yeah. and such? That's what you don't focus on that nerd shit. Like, come on, really? Yeah. Well, this is a good trans story uh, topic. Nerds, because <laughs> there are some fucking nerds out there that hate J.K. Rowling so much. Oh yeah, that oh, yeah. they are taking to <laughs> they're taking to the book binding. They're literally removing the name J.K. Rowling from books and rebinding them into new books with a, a new covers that have no name J.K. Rowling on them. Specifically, let's see, I'll scroll down this story to find if I can find this person's website. Here we go. Maybe I'll even open it up so we can scroll through her, her website together and see the prices here. But yeah, these people have gotten so up in arms about J.K. Rowling where to take this action, like, 
you're telling me you can't and, and charging sixteen hundred dollars for it, by the way. Sixteen hundred dollars for the entire set of, of Harry Potter. Brian, books. It, it's a, it's a lot of work to remove her name. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and meantime, someone's gonna I guarantee some asshole's gonna pay for this. And oh, yeah. they're removing the name, but at the end of the day, are you are you really achieving anything? Aren't you in fact drawing more attention to the fact that she wrote these books? I mean, aren't you every time you open the book? Aren't you going to be thinking about the fact every time you open it, close it? Cause it doesn't have the shit on it. <laughs> well, I mean, how much more attention does the, does that need? I mean, everybody pretty much on the planet earth knows that JK Rowling wrote the Harry Potter series. Every single person knows that. So if you remember, yeah. it's like, well, I already know it's already implanted in my brain. Even if you've never written or if you've never read a single word in those books, you know, who wrote them? That's one of those books where every single person, I don't know how many times I have to say this. I've repeated myself already 10 times saying this. J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter. That's it. Yeah. You can do all you can. It's like trying to erase all these like terrible things off the internet about yourselves. Well, I, it's like people already know about it. Right. Yeah, and there's like a subset of people who are super obsessed with Harry Potter, but then they're also like, you know, super woke. So they don't want to be associated with anything that she says. So I can yeah. see that those people would probably buy this you know right well not not only that but they they look at the worldview from harry potter so they go oh i'm a slytherin i'm a gryffindor <laughs> it's like okay well so so it's basically like you know, oh you're a capricorn you're a libra it's like oh god well this whatever whatever this this nerd uh that rebooked bomb these is clearly a hufflepuff i think we'd agree on that <laughs> right. um but yeah it's it's just it's so amazing the obsession people have with her. I mean, granted, I guess it's kind of like people's Star Wars. You know, for me coming up, I'm obviously older than you guys, but Star Wars was the biggest thing in the world for me. Um, you know, I saw it as a kid. The Harry Potter movies have become that for all these yeah, this generation yeah. to the point where they've got Quidditch, which they renamed. I can't remember what they renamed it to, but they renamed Quidditch because they didn't want Quidditch to be associated anymore with J.K. Rowling because of her quote-unquote anti-trans statements. Mm. But like I said earlier, everybody, everyone knows where it came from. <laughs> you, you, you change the names as much as you can. It's not going to change. It's not going to do anything. Well, it, in the it, annals it, of history, I have to hope that Quidditch, the game, whatever they call it now, will go away and not be remembered for for J.K. Rowling or for anybody. But but no, exactly. That's it's such she's such a cultural figure. And it's like almost, you know, it's almost like Shakespeare or, or even you know, George Lucas. Yeah. George Lucas, you know, arguably somebody should have gone back and removed Jar Jar Binks from every movie that George that George Lucas made. That would have been an art project I could get behind. But to your point, you still know George Lucas. And now Jar Jar Binks' name is carved into the annals of history as the most obnoxious character ever. You can't remove him. Whatever you try to do, he's still going to be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, $1,600, that's a lot of money. You know, I mean, you know, they got to pay the rent somehow. So he's like, you know what? I don't want to work. I don't want to try and go out and look for a job, you know, some kind of handyman type of job or whatever. I mean, what is, who is this, a trans person? So I guess it'd be a handy trans job or whatever. But uh, <laughs> so 1600 they got to pay their rent somehow. I mean, I, I have to think this guy's going to sell exactly one set. I just can't, yeah. for that price, I can't <laughs> think he's going to sell more than one set, period. And then, you know, for all the publicity he's going to get, and that'll be that. But I can say there was another one you guys sent me, which I can get behind, which is this Argentine artist who paints inflation 
on banknotes. Basically, he you know uses his artistic talent. He puts on. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll share the screen here with some some pictures so we can look for those of you watching on YouTube. But he's he's also painting. Oh my God, hilarious! He's painting Harry Potter figures on banknotes. What a segue! It's all coming together here, guys. <laughs> I didn't do this on purpose, by the way. <laughs> It's it's on purpose for, uh, let me see here. The, the caption says, artist Sergio Diaz intervenes Argentine pesos with portraits of characters of the movie Harry Potter as he revalues the bills by transforming them into artwork against Argentina's ever-increasing inflation. So essentially, I guess the argument here is that the inflation for the bills is so high that to make them worth what you would actually want them to be worth, they have to turn them into works of art. That's the only way to make them actually worth any representative representative value, right? Yeah. And 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 one day someone's going to do that for American dollars. Hey, and... let's not think about that yet. Oh, okay? yeah. That, that's like... <laughs> are you trying to black pill us? Yeah, sorry. I know. This is a white-pilled show. I mean, are you guys <laughs> concerned about that, though? Like, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be candid in that I am. I, you know, I try to stay very positive, but... I am without a doubt very concerned about the monetary system, about everything going on here, about, um, you know, again, you, you think about the future a lot more as a parent and how your kid's going to exist in the world. You know, for me, it's like, where do you diversify your money? Um, you have to stay liquid in a way because you have to have emergency funds. But have you guys looked into, you know, crypto or gold or anything like that to try to get it out there into something that you think you're confident will be around for when your kid gets older? It's kind of hard to plan with that because I feel like, so we had a lot of stuff in crypto before, but it seems like crypto is kind of volatile. I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about, you know, actual like U S dollars too, but we just pissed off all the crypto bros by saying, yeah, I know, that. right. But yeah. also I, this is just us, but like, we're not very good with the, all the stuff that com- comes along with crypto. Yeah. We tried to learn it, but it was very complicated. So maybe yeah, just getting all the our... wallets and all that. Yeah. yeah. It kind of, it kind of goes over our heads, but I mean, you know, I, I, I understand people who are um, like you were saying, diversifying their po- portfolio and trying to branch off into other things to where instead of just having a, a savings account or whatever, or, you know, some, some uh, shoe box with a bunch of money in it, trying to get, some crypto, hopefully that grows where it, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things where you're just like, man, if it was like whenever it started, when it was started at like at five cents or whatever, and now it's up to, I don't know what it, where it is now, like 20,000 or something like that. I don't know. But just the fact that it's gone that high and you're just like, man, I wish I, st- I wish I had gotten into it starting out. Cause man, right. I'd be a freaking yeah. crypto billionaire or whatever that song. Oh, is. Of course. Yeah. But I mean, I will say crypto it's, it's a worrisome category, mostly because it seems that it is too easily manipulated by the bigger players and by, you know, it just kind of like yeah. a tweet, you know, can just manipulate the market to, to no end. And that's my worry with, you know, with Bitcoin is all these big players, there's a limited supply, fine, but they could buy them up and then manipulate the market a little bit. However, that being said, I have to feel that there's going to be some alternative economy that does emerge, whether it's Bitcoin based, whether it's a different currency in crypto where they work out, you know, a way to stop it from being manipulated. I just think that the inflation's gotten so high, like Argentina is a great example, hundred percent that, that inflation went up this year or uh, yeah, I think just the past year or since COVID, sorry, since COVID 
because they did the same actions the United States did. You know, they locked things down. They inflated their their currency to try to keep people, you know, paid out and, and you know, paying their bills while they're locked down. And people across the world now are feeling the brunt of this. I think that people, you know, the more they learn, and I know it's hard to do, you know, economics is hard for anybody to understand, really. But the more people understand about the inflationary economy and what's going on now, the more they're going to say, we have to just find a different alternative. Because, you know, I don't know how much you guys dive into the whole world banking system and how it's just such an incestuous system based upon debt. You know, the whole thing is based upon eating each other's debt. There's no way for us to really right this ship without a catastrophic uh, collapse of society, basically the entire money supply. So what do you do? You know, what is that alternative economy look like? <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's very daunting and it's very worrisome. That's why I was just curious to see if you guys had, had thought about it or all like, do you, have you bought any gold? Have you gone down that road at all? Uh, we haven't really explored that. Um, no. so I, like we don't know that much about the gold. Yeah. Um, so like if anyone but- in your audience wants to help us out with that, then. I'm I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that have have, uh, connections. We were actually, I was talking to a guy about actually selling uh, gold or getting into like gold brokering uh, as a sponsor, but he missed his chance and now I don't remember the name. So screw that guy. (laughs) Yeah. So like uh, another point on inflation before we move on is that like you're saying it's affecting everyone. So I'm sure you one of the people that goes to the grocery store and buys groceries, right? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you're one of those people. Um, I am. I am indeed. Yeah. I don't I, I don't have a house big enough to grow uh corn and chickens and uh, everything else. <laughs> but it's making you kind of like you're just saying, well, I'm you know corn yeah. and chicken, but it's like, I, man, I think we need to get some chickens because eggs are fucking expensive now. Unbelievable. I was gonna bring, was gonna bring that up. Like maybe the best course of action right now is, you know. All the preppers have been saying this for years, but you need to get land because, I mean, land is a form even of that's, currency. Yeah. Uh, animals and learn how to grow things. Yeah. Got to learn to hunt. Got to learn to skin a deer or something like that. You got to start getting yeah. you know, into the nitty gritty of shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not a that. bad idea to learn it. If you look at what happens, even even if it's not the uh, you know the monetary system, just look at what could happen with like the power grid. Like look at you know people that are in England and the you know, in broader Europe. He's got no gas. Ugh, my fucking internet tonight is just shit. I apologize, guys. I don't know why I keep talking about the grid. Uh, yeah, right. My internet grid <laughs> clearly being hacked by the FBI. But no, but you know the fact that the, the grid can go out at any point in time. You know that, that these these issues do exist. Where just having basic skills, knowledge of how to farm, how to cook, how to you know get get your way through without having to rely on somebody else to provide all of the necessities, definitely a valuable skill <laughs> without a doubt. And it's kind of funny. And this is something I wanted to mention too. I don't know if you guys saw Greta Thunberg getting quote unquote arrested. Do you see it just was starting to trend right before I, the? Uh, I think we came I on. saw a video of that just before we record. Where where's where like? I'll, she I'll like share it with a couple of. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she's she's protesting this. some oil. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what part of yeah, town it is, but what this, yeah. part of the country. But it's you know somewhere in Europe. She's protesting some oil pipeline or oil whatever the fuck. So here's the video of her. And and again, the, what they showed you was a. Uh, a picture of her being carried away by 
these cops in all black SWAT outfits with their helmets on, looking very intimidating. And Greta's being carried away. Her legs are in the air because she had to be carried away because she was fighting so hard. But here's the actual fucking story. <laughs> here's them giggling and laughing as they're setting up this staged bullshit. Greta's giggling. There's a bunch of cops standing around doing nothing. <laughs> it's okay. It's got to be in Germany then. There you go. The Polizei are now holding her. No, she's clearly in in high duress here. Taking the publicity shots. There's got to be... There's got to be 20 cops around her. There's no rush. There's nobody else there. By the way, there's no other protesters there. It's just her. It's just her. And then finally they walk around and they didn't even show in that video, they didn't even show the part where she's being picked up. So that must have been later that they took that footage. I mean, it goes to show you that these people, we depend on the grid, but this is the shit they're doing to try to take away the ability to keep our grid and keep energy coming to people. I mean, what will what will they stop to do? Let me ask you that. What where will they stop? I don't know. I mean, they're trying to ban gas stoves now. I was so, about I mean, to say that. <laughs> I don't know what, what's next? What do you guys are banning well, next? The thing that's funny about the gas stove thing is, well, so I've never had a gas stove, so I don't know that much about You've it. You've never had a gas stove ever. Yeah, so we're not going to die of cancer, apparently, because you never now, use propane and now there's a amazing. bunch of articles. There's all these articles coming out now saying, like, if you have a gas stove, then um, you're going to die of cancer. Or oh, I thought it was like, if you have a gas like stove, that. you must be a white supremacist because well, we haven't heard that one that's, before. No, that's, that's coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like after people started getting heart attacks, all those articles started coming out like, here's, well, you know, heart attacks are just normal when they happen in young people. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. Same thing. Like, yeah, cancer. You get cancer from gas stoves. Don't you guys know this? Yeah, it's, yeah, to your point, it's clearly, you know, and this has been a long time goal. Like, you know, this whole climate movement, I was actually just listening to a bit of information about this, uh, the thing called the Iron Mountain Report. Have you guys ever heard of this? Mm. Mm. So, so the Iron Mountain Report was written by, I think, a group of 12 or 15 people in a think tank that came together and it was commissioned by, uh, back in the 60s, by like a, a general or, or maybe a secretary of defense. The whole goal of the the paper they wrote, this report, was to issue what government should do to secure its own longevity and suppress citizens. And they specifically said, we're not going to have any moral quandaries in this. This is purely recommendations on what you could do and should do to establish government as, you know, a longstanding boot on people's necks without any, you know, humanitarian worry. And one of the things that they highlighted in this report back in the 60s was that climate was something that should be used to keep the population terrified and at uh, the whims of the authoritarians because of what you're what you're seeing now. You can ban people's ability to cook and you know get gas and keep their family warm and, and all these other things. So this is like a long time coming that you're now seeing play out in real life. So it's that whole, you will have nothing and be happy. Legitimately. Yeah. I mean, legitimately. Wow. I mean, think about, and I know we'll wrap up in about nine minutes. I know you guys have a hard out. And uh, of course I have my, my children exhausted me, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, you, you, you're seeing all these things kind of come to fruition. The war on fossil fuels, the war on, on, um, 
your gas stoves, the war on your cars, being able to get around. I mean, these are all tied into limiting your ability to live your life without government aid and government assistance because pretty soon the government's going to be the only people that can afford to provide you power, you know, because fossil fuels are so cheap and plentiful. Getting a grid based upon renewables will take a massive amount of government oversight, and that's the goal. You know, that's the end game. Well, it would also be really expensive to just switch over to another energy source. Yeah. And so, that you know, the, I mean, I understand if you want to go from – if you want to, um, you know, like have oil but also have other energy sources. Like it's good to have multiple energy sources. But okay, well, if this one's not available, I can just go to this one to help uh, – power my home or whatever, but just to go, just to completely eliminate one is, I don't, it's just, I don't understand because there's people here in America, for example, where they rely on oil and gas. That's where the economy comes from. If you just completely eliminate that, well, then that town's just be like, I guess we might as well try to find somewhere else to live because this town's pretty much going to become a ghost town because nobody's going to want to live here anymore. Yeah. Unless they can somehow figure out a way to uh, to make it a, a solar mine. I don't know. Like, that's not a thing, but, you know, coal yeah. mines, solar mine, eh, who knows? Tunnel to the center of the earth. Utilize the magma heat. You can keep, you know what I'm and, saying. And, and another thing, too, <laughs> is that talking about the, with the climate is that how we had the lockdowns with the COVID or with the with the COVAC or whatever. I don't want to try because I don't, I don't want to get right. your yeah, YouTube yeah. band or whatever. Uh, I, it's I already screwed it up. That. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's too late. No, it's been too late for fucking years now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like, you know, we had all that. So then they're saying the next thing, or at least down the road, they're saying, well, COVID or yeah, climate, climate lockdowns. Well, no, you can't, it. you can't go outside because it's too damn hot yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, Prince Charles, now King Charles, uh, had said that there was, that there had to be a war on climate, essentially treating it as though it was an actual war, which How to me How are you going to have a makes, war with climate? Who, you, who do you fight? Who are you fighting? I mean, I understand. That's the beauty. The sun. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, look up and spin at the sun. Um, no, legitimately, like that that's sunshine, the point. Right? All, the, all the astronauts just go up and try and, you know, go up to the sun. <laughs> it would be pretty funny if they sent a space shuttle up and it was just pissing into space at the sun. Uh but no, that's the point, right? You 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 don't want a real enemy, and that was kind of the concept of this in this Iron Mountain uh, paper too. It's not a tangible enemy, and that's the beauty of it is it can be manipulated. A real enemy, you can see, you can defeat them. You can't defeat climate because you can change the the playing field all the time and what the what the enemy is. So that is the goal. And like with Prince Charles saying, it needed like to be treated like a war. Well, in war, what can they do to you? They can force you to ration. They can take away your uh, your work or they can make you do something else. You know, like it, how many different factories were repurposed to create armament? God, this fucking internet, I swear to God. Ah, but to, to create armaments, uh, they force people to go and, and you know, do labor or go to war and be active. So you could force all these different actions on people based upon this being a war on climate now. Yeah. So uh, changing topics. There's one that you guys sent me I do want to get to, especially since my internet is shitting the fucking bed. So you guys... Tell us about this last story, Sweden and the dancing permits. They're finally going to rescind the permits needed for dancing. Yeah. So uh, it was, it's interesting because in the article, it says that uh, 
So I'm just, gonna, I'm just reading from the article. It says Sweden's center-right coalition government wants to cut red tape when it comes to dancing by abolishing a decade-old requirement for restaurants, nightclubs, and other venues to obtain permits before they let patrons shimmy and sway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, that's just that's so weird, you know. Oh, I need to get a permit for people to dance in my nightclub. That's the so, whole point wait, of a nightclub. So what happens if they don't have a permit? And the, probably and shut it dancing. down right come in and yeah give them a fine or shut them down just you know I, I would, how funny would that be your nightclub shut down for a month because like it's like you probably like a health you know like the health inspector comes they put a grade on it you know a b c d except it's a d with a big cross through it no dancing right no dancing. yeah just go watch footloose and see how that worked out right um, well the thing that shocked me about this it's a decade old I thought this was going to be when you said the story. I thought this. Oh, this is going to be from you know 1845 because they thought that yeah. that was going to kill the cows. You know, like oh, Spain, you don't dance like that. The cows are dead. <laughs> you know, like whatever. A, a decade old. This what, they put this shit into play a decade ago. Like what the fuck are they? Why? Why? Why in the first place? <laughs> yeah, what happened in 2000? What was it? What's, like 2012. Was it 2012 or 2013? Yeah. So uh, yeah. Continuing here in the article, it says the proposal made Thursday means that venues no longer would need a license to organize dance, uh, organize dances. Instead, as a general rule, they would only have to register with the police, which can be done verbally and does not cost anything. <laughs> you have to tell the police before you can dance? Wait a minute. Hold on. So applying for a permit incurs a fee of at least 700 kroner or around $67 for the establishment. As it is now... Owners can lose their liquor and business licenses if police officers come by and find out that a venue did not have author- authorization to let patrons dance. So crazy. How, how are like, you can you imagine to stop you're, a, you're a you're a you're a business owner and you have a license to sell alcohol and you can lose <laughs> that license if if a police officer comes and goes, hey, is that is that person dancing? Right. Yeah. I, I need to see that license, please. <laughs> It's like, you know, that scene in every movie where it's like, you know, the the people are on a date and the song comes on and he's like, stands up in the middle of the restaurant, makes a grand gesture and dances with somebody. You just see the bar owner jump across the bar and just punch the guy in the face. How dare you? Don't <laughs> yeah. you know? What are you doing? Well, I mean, I, in that I, like, fight, I, if they were fighting in the bar, that'd be okay. But if you start, if you start, you know, moving, tapping your foot. Right. <laughs> Prostitution legal in the back. Get dancing. No, 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 no. Why does it right. funny too? Like you could tell a cop verbally, you know, like why do you just yell at the, you know, look around and just be like, hey, we're dancing tonight. He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. All right. Like, Thanks a lot. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> That's just so insane. I am dying. Like, the, like Nico, you said, like what, like what inspired it? Was there some accident where people breaking ankles? Was it, is it like dancing is the gateway drug to, uh, to dry humping on the dance floor? You know, like the Lombada will come to Sweden. We have to stop this now. Now I feel like I need to research this. I need to know why. I need to know why too. Well, stay tuned. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it on another episode. <laughs> we'll wrap it up there, guys. We're almost at, at, uh, at the 40 minute mark. So, Tell everybody where they can find you again, Shane and Nico, guys, from the Hapitarians show on YouTube. Uh, are you guys only on YouTube now, or do you still have the podcast too? Yeah, we have we have that all that. Um, okay, so I, I know we're trying to end it, but I just want to read the last paragraph. Oh no, yeah, go. I, no, I got I got time. I just know you guys had to, so, had to run. So 
Yeah. So in 2016, the Swedish parliament, the Swedish parliament voted unanimously to do away with the permits, but the requirement still exists in law and is enforced. Swedish broadcaster SVT said that for the past 20 years, lawmakers from every party except the Social Democrats have favored abolishing the permits. So the Social Democrats are the reason? I, I guess. I, maybe, it's their, maybe it's their equivalent, like the staunch conservative, you know, <sighs> I can't do this or whatever the equality. They're against you know. dancing. So- Something like that. They, they watch yeah, yeah. too many times. Like, you know what? I want to be that guy that was against the dance. That's <laughs> who I. That's my hero. I, this is a this is a puzzle box. I'm trying to think of any reason that a social democrat party would object <laughs> to dancing and want. Per- I I just am blown away. I'm so confused by it. Like Nico said, I I feel like I have to research. I have to go down this hole now. Right. This is going to be my morning tomorrow. Is going down this fucking Swedish rabbit hole of <laughs> dancing and figure out what the fuck is going on. It's bizarre. Yeah, so stay tuned on that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, anyway, um, about the Hopitarian show. So, yeah, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just just search the Hopitarians. Uh, I'm sure you can find it that way. Uh, so it's H-A-P-A-T-A-R-I-A-N-S show. And uh, you can subscribe to us on an Apple uh, Spotify, which if you do wa- uh, go on Spotify, and you, well, can also, you can also watch our podcast over on Spotify. So uh, Joe Rogan experience, you better watch out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Take that bastard out. Take Tim Pool <laughs> down too. That, what do we call him? Quatrarian? Quapa. Yeah, Quapa. Yeah. He's Quapa. the Quapatarian. <laughs> yeah, Quapatarian. Take that Quapatarian down. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, subscribe there and uh, also go to uh, Odyssey and BitChute. We have channels over there. So, um, for we did, we have actually had a strike before. Yeah. Um, so it seems to be the norm. If you're, if you're yeah. talking anything political, you're going to get a strike eventually. So, yep. Anything like that. Yeah. YouTube also, you know, I, I used a clip from the Golden Globes and they banned my, uh, I did a show on Friday with the response to the golden globes, uh, you know, starting off with all race stuff and just it, the video was allowed to go. So I just posted on rumble and odyssey and that's that. So yeah. Well, anyway, Shane, Nico, thank you guys for coming on. Mean age daydream. Good chat with you. Finally, apologies. It took so long, but, uh, yeah, good job guys. Keep it up. Keep that homeschooling going. And as I said, I look to you as the bright shining light to lure the Asian American community out of the schools and into the home. <laughs> Yes. Thanks and, for uh, having us. Yeah, thanks. And uh, one last thing. Go Niners. How dare you? Screw the Niners. Go Eagles. <laughs> All right. We're out of here. <laughs> <laughs>